<laughs> I guess uh, the last couple of... I mean, I've been reading a lot of books. You guys know that. Yes. Um, that I read one that was a compilation of uh, essays. And th- reading one specific story, I was like, oh, that's like weirdly familiar. Like sounds like my own memory kind of thing. So I did a little bit more research on that. Found another book that was just about this specific thing. And in reading it, I felt like I understood a lot about myself that I didn't before. So that was probably like in January or February. And since then, I've been like doing more research and journaling a lot and talking to Cameron a lot. And this isn't something that to tell you this is going to change everything drastically, at least not from your perspective. But I think that there is a lot about it that I still would like to be able to talk about like with you and you know other people um and in order to to be able to talk about it you'd have to know about it so telling you now um that i've realized that i am asexual asexual Mm -hmm. and yeah so i just want to give you guys a chance to it's ask whatever questions you have or talk whatever about that you want. So can you tell me what feelings you had before? What thoughts you had? Yeah. So um, kind of what like first hooked me, I guess, in thinking about it was I read a a compilation of stories about um, people with disabilities. And one of the essays was this woman who has a physical disability that she was talking about how um, for a long time she kind of like put it to the side because it is such a stereotype of people with disabilities to be asexual that she didn't want to like fulfill that stereotype. But when she was talking about like her experience, like I was like, that sounds, it's the most that I've ever heard in like romantic or sexual situations that made sense to me. And so then I read a book called Ace that's all about, um, not just about asexuality, but also about like how sexuality is perceived in general in our society. And um, reading that too, there were different memories that like popped out like as I was reading certain things. I don't know, in general, I just kind of was like, oh. Because for, for a long time, like it wasn't, and it's, It's not something that I like thought about all the time, but, you know, in different stages of my life, I've thought more about it in some sense or another, but it usually manifested itself as me feeling like, I don't know, that there was like something wrong with me, like I was off or that I feel like people have always perceived me as like naive or like innocent or just like inexperienced. And I think that a big part of that for me, especially through like high school and post high school, was that like, I didn't ever talk about sex to anybody. There's like one memory I have in particular of when I was apprenticing at the salon. And it was when I was with the second instructor. Uh, I think it was like Valentine's Day and Cameron had left for her work. And he normally got home before I did. So I wanted to like set things up like our dinner table and all this stuff 
um, and whatever we were going to cook, just prep everything so that when I got home, we could just start. Cause I usually got home at like six and he got home at like four. So I was trying to be nice and like do a nice thing. So like when he came home, it would, wasn't coming home, just like an empty house, whatever. And so I, I texted the instructor and I was like, Hey, is it okay if I'm like 15 to 20 minutes late today, I'm upsetting something up. And then when I got there, he was like, oh, I know really why you were late. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even understand, like, what he was trying to insinuate. Mm-hmm. And he had a client in his chair at the time. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, just like morning, whatever. And I was like, no, what? And I was like, that, I feel like that's really inappropriate. And he was like, oh, come on, like, don't be a baby. We're all adults here kind of thing. And I was like, why does it make me a baby to not want to talk about something that to me feels super personal with someone that I don't have that relationship with. Like, I don't know you. Why do I'm not going to talk to you about that. That's right. But that that has kind of been like the running theme in my life (laughs) is that people always think that I'm just like immature. I've spent a lot of time figuring out ways to like mask that, like fit in with everybody else. But um, I don't know. It's just it's been an interesting thing because I think of myself as like a sex positive person. Like I don't think like sex is bad or um, that people shouldn't be doing it. None of that stuff. But what made it confusing to me is that it's something that they talk about in the book Ace too. That um, that kind of something that has gone along in evolution with women's rights has been the idea that, like, women should be allowed to have as much sex as they want, but rarely does that include none. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Kind of how I've felt um, my experience fits into things generally is that, like, more than half the time, I feel like nobody feels the same way that I do. And that caused a lot of confusion for me because here I am, like, I feel like I'm sex positive, but I also didn't relate to a lot of things that my friends and just people in general seemed to feel about it. So I found myself just kind of going along with what everybody else was saying, just to not be the weird one. Um, I didn't know anything about asexuality or I knew very like miss, I had a lot of misinformation about it or just like one very specific stereotype that I didn't fit into. So like, how could that possibly be me? Um, I guess just like, I don't know, having the opportunity to like learn more in depth about it from compiled, you know, experiences of a lot of different asexual people because asexuality is a spectrum. There's a lot of different ways to be asexual. And that was another thing that like was good to understand because it becomes this, this issue of like, okay, well, I feel this way, but I don't feel that way. So because I'm not this, I can't be that then. And there's, I'm still somewhere floating out in the middle. I'm not this or that. Like, what am I? And I don't know, I guess for me, it's taken a lot of like weight off of my shoulders to realize because in the back of my head, I'm always just like, can't relate to like anybody, like when we're talking about that kind of stuff, especially when it's like all of my lady friends and we're talking about stuff and I'm just like, sure, cool, good for you. Like, I don't know. I did often wonder if I was just like secretly sexually repressed, even though I felt like I wasn't, I just, I, I don't know. It made more sense to me. And I, I feel like I didn't have to question it as much 
when I felt super aligned with things that I was learning in church because I feel like, like a, as an example, um, we had a friend ask one time if he, because we, we dated for five years before we got married and everybody's like shocked. You never had sex before you got married? No. <laughs> like I'm like, is it that hard to believe? Like, I don't know. And always thinking to like, um, reminds me of like the saying, like the lion thinks everybody's of his same condition. How does it go? Yeah. So it's like in my brain, like I'm like, yeah, it's like normal. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, why would you think that that, like, why is that the first thing that comes to your brain? Cause it's definitely not what comes to mind. But I don't know, I guess it's like now having an understanding of the fact that like like certain things just don't come to me the way that they do to other people or like it doesn't make sense to me the way it does to other people. That there is a lot, even about like, I guess like life post-puberty that was like confusing for me that didn't seem super out of the norm confusion. Mm-hmm. But that to me, I... In, in those moments, I did kind of feel like, oh, well, I just am like, just kind of like in my head, rationalizing to myself reasons why I would think that way or would feel that way or why it would be so different for me, just because it, it just didn't make sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another thing, too, that I think is interesting, because um, I also did wonder for a while, like, if I felt that way because of, like, internalized uh, messages that I got from, like, church or you know, whoever was teaching me this or that. And when it came down to like, yeah, that's, I think that's a a large part of it. Like the way that I carried myself about things and the way it kind of sucks because it's like, I like was maybe the worst kind of person in purity culture because sex just doesn't even occur to me. And so I would think to myself, like how sad that some, it's so easy for people to fall into temptation or to sin because here I am. And like, it's not hard for me at all. Because I literally just don't understand sexual attraction. I don't, I, it's not something that I experience in any way. And so how easy for me to say, like, it's not that hard mm-hmm. to abstain from sex when, like, I could live my whole life celibate and literally not have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, most people aren't like that. Yeah. And so I wonder sometimes what that would have been like had I not grown up in, like, a purity culture I'm sure I would have felt like the odd one out way more than I did rather than like Mm. the holy pure one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if that answered your question. I don't remember what you asked actually. So (laughs) no, I mean, yeah, I wanted to hear what was your experience, Mm -hmm. you know, so it does answer the question. Yeah. I mean, cause it was one of those things too, that like, those like first few years of marriage too, that to me is like a chore. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, it's fine. But I felt off in that way too, that like as a liberated woman, someone who is like sex positive, like shouldn't I care about this more? And I just kind of figured too that like, oh, once I get married, that will just kind of kick in. It didn't, you know? And so... um once you're given the permission. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> once it's, once I'm allowed, then it will be a, I'll have a different relationship to that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sex averse 
It's not that I, because there are some asexuals who are just like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Like, that's gross. But I just, it's, like, I just don't care. And I think that, that that had some effect on, like, Cameron, too. Because I think in his mind, he was just like, oh, like, I'm doing something wrong. And, like, as, I don't know, as much as, like, we would talk about it and I would try to tell him, like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to tell you, like it's fine. I like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but I think that he took a lot of that on himself too, that he was like, there's something wrong with me. Like if there wasn't something wrong with me, then this would be happening in a different way, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And so I feel like learning this about myself has taken a lot of pressure off of both of us. And it's also created like a different way for us to like dialogue about it because I don't know. That was one thing that I was like nervous about too, was that I was like, oh, if I tell him that, is he going to still want to like be here for this? You know, thankfully, like he's been like, I think it's been helpful for both of us. Like, I think it actually helps him not only like feel better about himself, but also like understand better, like what I'm going through and that it's not something that he is or isn't doing. Yeah. That I'm just like, I think that, for him it's actually like a relief that it's like because mm-hmm. I think for a long time both of us were just like something's wrong with me but didn't there wasn't a good answer as to what and I, at one point I actually thought to myself like because I'm like I don't know it's been this long like if something was going to change it would have happened already that I was like maybe I like girls but then I was like no I have zero reaction to that either and that's another thing that was like good about reading this book is that so often we tend to think of love as like one specific thing or like romantic love as one specific thing when there's actually like a lot of different things that go into it and it was helpful for me to like have that breakdown of like I don't experience sexual attraction but I do experience like romantic or like um aesthetic attraction like I still find people like pleasing to look at and I can also tell when people are attractive like by society standards or whatever but I'm not like I want to jump your bones like I just don't I don't have that reaction like there's mm-hmm. nobody ever who has ever made me feel that way mm-hmm. yeah that was something that was like super confusing is that sometimes like I don't know Cameron would talk about like oh I like I like how this certain thing looks on you kind of thing and I'm just like I feel like you look the same and everything <laughs> like you know like I'm just like okay And for a long time, I would, like, get upset. Like, I'm like, why are you objectifying me? Like, I'm a person. But because, like, I didn't understand that, like, not that, like, that component is missing. Like, I don't necessarily want to use that language. But it's just, like, I don't experience that. So to even, like, talk that way to me felt objectifying because I didn't know how else to put it. Because I didn't realize that, like, we were having a different experience. So it's just, like, for me... To be able to come to that conclusion has, A, like, made me feel less weird around people or talking about those things. That even now, like, without having told a lot of people, having conversations like that doesn't make me feel like, uh, they're going to know that, like, I'm weird. Because I'm like, now it's like, I just don't feel that way. And that's fine. If you talk to 10 people, all 10 would have a different experience, I would think. Yeah. Not everybody feels and experiences or... Right. 
But I think that's another thing that like, whether it's society or the media, you do get fed this idea of like, there's a specific way that it's supposed to happen. There's a specific way that you're supposed to feel. And that when you don't fit into this like very specific like genre of love, then your love must not be as deep as what this is. Mm. And that was another thing too, is like, especially growing up when people would describe somebody as like hot or sexy, I was like, I don't think I've ever uttered those words in my life. Just because like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm like, yeah, that guy's cute. His face looks nice. But I feel like to say hot means like you, you're seeing something else there that I'm like, have never seen in anybody. So I'm just like, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was another way, kind of like a a difference that I didn't think that was a big deal that people picked up on when I was younger, like just talking that I didn't talk that way. That people were just like, oh, well, you're just like a little baby and doesn't know anything. For me, it was just like there were a lot of things that were uncomfortable and that I felt that like after getting married or after getting older, like I was like, oh, I'm kind of like cured of certain things like Outside of the family, all growing up, I don't like I didn't like people touching me. And that got worse like in junior high and high school when it, it's a free for all of mm-hmm. hormonal children. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hi, like I know that everybody else around here is like flirting or whatever, but I'm like, I can guarantee you that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I remember like specific instances, like there was a friend that like I had a crush on. We were just friends. Like I, and that was another thing. It was like, it was never important for me for the person that I liked to know that I liked them. Mm-hmm. It was more of just like, let's be friends. And then I'll admire you from an arm's length distance. <laughs> Good enough for me. And I remember we were sitting, looking at a book and that he was sitting next to me. And at one point leaned over and like put his hand on my back. And I was like, Ugh. Like, please don't touch me, (laughs) which I was like, that's so weird. In like books or movies, it's always like, oh, the brush of a hand. Like, it's so like, ah. And I was like, please don't touch me. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I don't want you to do that. That feels Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable to me. And the literally the only time that was ever different for me was with Cameron. And then I, I don't know, I felt like at a certain point, like I was like, oh, I'm like old now and I'm like married and it's like fine, like it's all good. So it was really easy for me to think I was like cured of this weird thing that I used to do. But I had never really taken into consideration that like my friend group became a lot smaller. And even within my friend group, there were people that I was comfortable hugging and like being physically touchy with and others that I wasn't. And I feel like I figured out that it, it, based sort of on like the emotional the deepness of the emotional connection that I might feel with that person like there are still people that will go in for a hug and I'm like like I'm like hey I don't really know what to do in this interaction because I'm like please don't touch me like I'm like I don't want to be rude I know you're trying to be friendly but like I don't like that the first thing I probably ever learned about that I didn't realize was on the asexual spectrum was demisexuality which I heard from a YouTuber I was just watching a video and she was talking about how demisexuals like only experience sexual attraction to people that they have a deep emotional connection with Mm. and I was like that makes sense because like Cameron has been the only person that I can ever even think of like doing that with Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh that must be me I must be demisexual 
But then learning more about like what sexual attraction actually is like, I'm like, eh, it's actually not because I don't experience sexual attraction, period. And so I'm like, so if anything, he should just feel really special if that's happening mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have often wondered that if my relationship with Cameron didn't go the way that it did, if I would have been with anybody. Mm-hmm. I've always had the feeling that like it's a very specific situation I've just always had that feeling that if it wasn't Cameron, it would have been nobody. And, and I don't necessarily feel like that would have been a bad thing either, but it's like, I don't know. Maybe I would have felt a certain type of way about it. Cause I do. That is another thing that they talk about in ACE. There exists like a romantics as well. Like you can be a romantic and not be asexual. So you just don't, there's no like inner desire for like a romantic kind of relationship. So like I am asexual, but I still do have romantic attraction. But yeah, figuring out that there's like many facets to what make up a romantic relationship has been kind of like a game changer for me. Because for the longest time, like I was like, oh, it really sucks for Cameron to be like in this relationship because of the way that I am. But like he's here because he wants to be where we may not have had like all of the information going into it. Like we've done a lot all along the way to like always be making sure that we're like each comfortable in the situation. And I was really afraid like before talking to him about it, that it was going to blow up everything, but it's been the exact opposite to have a clear understanding of our relationship and the dynamics has been really helpful. Yeah, I don't know. It's made it easier, I feel like, to know. Yeah, relieve that pressure. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't know, you at least have that conversation, Mm -hmm. that you have that understanding from each other, Mm -hmm. that you've gone through it together, Mm -hmm. and identifying what it means for your relationship, which, if I'm understanding correctly, it doesn't really change much. No. Um, But it does open up a lot of unknowns or unanswered questions or feelings or Mm -hmm. things of that nature, Mm -hmm. which I think is good. It's nice, very positive. And I keep thinking this era is very different than it was when I was, we were growing up. And in many ways, it's different than any other era. And I think one of the reasons is because of not just the information, the availability of the information, Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that when I think of conservative people mm-hmm. is how they're at one point I considered myself a very conservative person, mm-hmm. but I think it was mostly ignorant and unwilling to open my mind to other things, which I think that's what happens with a lot of conservative people. I'm not trying to put them down, but I think it is that is this is what I know and that's what's right. And there's nothing else that can be right. Right without giving the opportunity for something else to at least enter in. And it's one of the things that, you know, in the scriptures, there's a lot of several scriptures that talk about knowledge and education and learn from all the good books. Mm -hmm. And there's no... These are the good books. Right. There's (laughs) there's no discerning of these are the ones that you should be reading and Mm -hmm. these are the ones that you should not be reading. I think when it talks about the good book is about the book that speaks to you, mm-hmm. that helps you understand who you are and hopefully give you an idea of who you can be. Regardless of, you know, leaving the religious aspect of it, I think you, our kids are now better prepared to be parents mm. than mom and I than ever we were. Because all we had was our own experience right. being children. 
And like I was saying before, I know that I was in many, maybe many ways, but at least in some ways, I was different as a child in my home mm -hmm. than I was in school. And a lot of factors that take part in that. But again, the only example that I have of parenting were my parents. Mm -hmm. And they were good parents. They did a lot of good things. There were a few things that I definitely did not want to pass on and, and bring on to my family. Yeah. But it was out of experience. Right. It wasn't out of knowledge. One of the things I think mom and I have tried to do, mm -hmm. and I know at least we did more as you guys were growing up, is we're looking for information mm -hmm. and trying to see what we could do to change some of those patterns but mostly to be able to pass on to you guys something that would be better. And, you know, that's not to say that I had a terribly childhood. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's just... It's different. It's different. Yeah. And speaking of sexuality, a lot of things used to be taboo. At least, I guess some people still see them as taboo. Yeah. But having that type of mentality keeps you from seeing more, being more. Mm -hmm. And not just for yourself but the understanding that it gives you for the people around mm -hmm. you. And obviously the people right next to you, your own family, but you don't live in a bubble. Yeah, There's tons of people that you interact every day. And people may not think they interact with people that they see in the store, but you do because you occupy the same space, as brief as it may be. Yeah. We are not alone in this universe <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, And I think um, it would behoove us <laughs> to be more open and understanding yeah. that things may be a little different or way different than we ever thought or were taught about or perceived. Yeah. If I had never, you know, come across this first book, like I might never have understood that part of myself. And even within the way that society to a certain extent has expanded to be more aware of certain things, there's still parts of it like asexuality that people don't know a lot about. Like, I don't know. I didn't know a lot about it. And I think that that's the thing that like makes it tricky for me, too, is that parents don't want don't want their kids to be exposed to certain things. But it's like because of what I was exposed to growing up and that I was only exposed to that, not to fault either of you just that that's what the situation was is that growing up knowing that like sex is not a thing you think or do or talk about until you're married it never occurred to me to understand that I was different from most people around me I don't know maybe that's a blessing or a curse I don't know I think for the most part I came out of things pretty unscathed and I know that most people on the LGBTQ spectrum don't have that privilege to be able to come to this kind of realization or to, you know, tell somebody else about it and feel okay about it. And I think that part of what makes it easier for me to tell you about it or to talk to other people about it is that you're only going to know that if I tell you, because from the outside, we're a straight passing relationship. You know, no one's going to know anything different unless I volunteer that information. I mean, that's like a double-edged sword is that where I don't get the persecution that other people would get, I also don't get the recognition. Like, I didn't recognize myself until I came across it looking for information on something else. And that's been the thing is that even though, like, knowing this about myself and telling you this about myself and telling Cameron this about myself 
hasn't negatively changed things. To me, it still changed everything. To know that and to be able to accept that about myself and know that like the people who are closest to me in my life are also going to be able to accept that about me. Of course, like why wouldn't you be able to accept it? Because it has nothing to do with you. And I think that if we could have that understanding with any identity that somebody has, it could just spare so many people so much pain and heartache. It's... I've long been a supporter of LGBTQ people, but it's given me a different perspective to like understand this about myself, where I still obviously can't relate to a lot of things, especially like the hardship. Even though most of the outcome of this has been positive, it still feels sad to have to like explain myself to people or like justify myself, even even to myself. Um, like if we lived in a world where we all just understood that we're all going to be different and we're all going to feel differently and have different experiences. There shouldn't be a default experience that I'm having to tell you I don't have. Deviating from this default shouldn't be a painful or negative thing. The default shouldn't exist in the first place because it just doesn't reflect reality. I feel like I, I know a lot of people are going to feel sad for me or bad for me. Like I'm missing out on something. That's possible. But I just want people to understand that just because my experience is different than yours doesn't mean it's bad or sad or that I'm missing something. As a society, we've made a very toxic practice of putting up on a pedestal a singular type of experience and acting like that's the only experience people should have. And that is what's doing the harm. When we started the conversation, you seemed a little bit nervous, mm -hmm. and I can see that you're more relaxed now. Mm -hmm. I think maybe you were a bit worried about our reaction to what you said, and um, I'm glad that you've felt at least the confidence mm -hmm. to, to tell us about it, because if anything, that's what I would hope for my kids. I, I know I never would have approached the subject mm. more because never even thought about it. Right. But I would hope that any of you or our grandkids mm -hmm. would feel confident enough that our relationship is such that, yeah, it may be a little uncomfortable at the beginning, but that at least you feel that you can have that conversation. And so thank you for yeah. feeling that. It's, uh, I like yeah. it. Thank you. It is good to know more of you. Well, I'm happy that you're happy <laughs> knowing more about you. Well, I'm glad that you both were willing to come over and talk to me about this and record the whole conversation. Um, yeah, thank you. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Thank Love you. you. <laughs>